we're live! We're live early! So you're like, wait a second, why is he live so early? Wait, what time is it? Podfather, are you okay? What are you doing? You haven't combed your hair. That's right, that's right. I, I've decided to try uh, an innovative new show bit. I've decided to try a new approach to doing this show. I will not watch the games on Sunday. I won't even crack the box score apps at all. I have no idea how my fantasy teams did, how NFL teams did, how individual players did. No idea. Couldn't I have? It's I do actually. I did check one thing. I did check my Scott Fishbowl roster. I know Cooper Cup did. I know Cooper Cup had a good game. I know that. I know that. And shockingly, somehow, some way, Kenyon Drake scored a bunch of fantasy points. That's all I know. Those two things. I know two things. And I promise next time I'll do better. So yesterday afternoon, I had a tennis match. And then I went right to my daughter's soccer match. And then we had a barbecue. And then my family wanted to watch some Modern Family when we got home. And at no point did I think to grab my phone or check the scores or watch some football. It just didn't. Because the game I really want to watch is tonight. The game I've been fixated on this week is Titans Bills. I just I love this game environment so much. Julio Jones coming back. It's very exciting. So this is the game I'm like, oh Monday night. Okay, Monday night. So Sunday games were not really as top of mind. And so just the whole day just evaporated on me. I just like, where to go? I don't know. I don't know what everything is. So now I'm like, wait a second. I'm waking up Monday morning. My daughter's making fun of my hair. My daughter's making fun of the bags under my eyes. I'm, I'm just getting, I'm getting killed. And I'm like, you know what? If you people are killing me, I might as well just go live and let the public kill me. Let's just let everybody have at it. And it might be a fun format for a show where I actually look up and for the first time we all learn together what happened, right? You get to see my instant reaction my reflex response to the outcomes of these games. So just off we go. We'll just go game by game. And I know a lot of these fantasy shows are like, this is this is a cliche show device. What do you mean? Every fantasy show just goes through the box scores. That's that's the thing that the sports shows do. They run through the box scores. And you almost fall asleep at the wheel. Right? No, I they go through the box scores prepared. I have no idea. <laughs> There's a whole surprise element to this that I think will make the box score analysis actually interesting. I also have more information than most people on routes run and snaps, so we could dig right into it. It'll be fun. First game in London, Dolphins at Jaguars. I love the at Jaguars there with the London game, the at Jaguars. So unfortunately, I'm seeing a Jacoby Brissett throw. Right away, I'm terrified of a Jacoby Brissett throw. I do love the Tua Tungavailoa pass attempts, 47. We love that. We love the efficiency. I mean, 33 of 47? Wow, right? I am I am happy. And I'm also disappointed in Miles Gaskin behind Salvon Ahmed in the carry department. That's not good. Less than two yards per carry. That's not good. So Miles Gaskin is teeing up as one of these signature bust running backs in those middle rounds. I was never particularly enthusiastic about Miles Gaskin. I like to compare Miles Gaskin to Chase Edmonds and 
argue why we preferred Chase Edmonds. They were similar players, late draft picks that emerged with receiving skills. Hey, Jalen Waddle! Hey, Jalen, he did it! We knew it! We knew it! Oh, we talked about it. Plays of the week email gets boring, just going right back to Waddle. It's the right process. Right back to Waddle, right back to Waddle. Why? Athleticism, playmaking ability, and the law of the conservation of targets. And this week gets his college quarterback back. This was the, the final week to prove himself. No excuse week. This was no excuse week for Jalen Waddle with Tua back, and he delivered 10 for 70 and 2. Nice, right? That's good. That's close to... 30 fantasy points. We love that. We love that. And then, uh, as usual, when all the Dolphins are injured, there's Mac Hollins. Like, seven Dolphins have to get injured in that wide receiver room, and then Mac Hollins is like, I'll, I'll take it. I'm always here. You guys count on me. I'll take snaps, and I'll, I'll catch some passes. Good for him, man. Gasecki. Gasecki, too. So we were, we were honing in on... It's actually homing in. right? I, I used to say honing in. Honing is more like carving, like getting it just right. Homing in is more like a radar. Homing in on Gasecki and Waddle for all those reasons. Athleticism and playmaking and that they would be the only receivers left in that passing game. And they did have to score points to be Jacksonville. Jacksonville doesn't have an incompetent offense. And there's Lawrence going over 300 yards. There's James Robinson scoring another touchdown. Wow, James Robinson. Wow. We're going to look up. And James Robinson is going to have two consecutive RB1 seasons at running back. And Jacksonville will have a better running back than him on the roster to start next season, one that they used a first-round draft pick on. What do they do? It's going to be the ultimate, the ultimate track record versus talent profile decision like who wins the talent profile or the guy that's done it the experience versus the raw ability experience versus raw ability i don't know what to do i, I mean that if we're talking about that is the ultimate case for a specialist backfield i mean if i couldn't think of a better case we're talking about tiki barber brandon jacobs level case where okay we have one of the size speed athleticism specimens in the league and we have one of the best all-purpose backs in the league with incredible receiving skills and tiki barber like okay okay you have to do a specialist backfield in there you, you can't not play jacobs you can't not play barber they're not gonna be able to to bench robinson next year if he keeps this up and they can't not play travis Etienne either it's fascinating 10 targets for chenault we love that. He didn't get the touchdown, but we're going to be chasing those targets. Love target consolidation. Jones, Chenault, 10 targets apiece. I mean, that was just the perfect example of target consolidation. Fun game. Fun fun game. Wow, look at that. And best thing of all, Jacksonville gets the W. Houston's like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Detroit's like, oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Right? So now we, we get to do what we want. Right? Detroit's got the... The on-ramp to Thibodeau. They just have to stay on the on-ramp, Detroit. On-ramp to the Thibodeau Highway. Right? <laughs> you're, you're on it. Stay on it. And then Jacksonville can just draft the best offensive lineman. And Houston can draft the best quarterback. 
Malik Willis, perhaps, and all will be right in the world. Unless Houston won again. They didn't. They got destroyed. I just I just looked at this. I'm just I'm looking at this for the first time. You saw. You saw that this is a genuine segment. That this is a genuine show device that I did not know whether the Texans you just saw it in my eyes. You saw it in my voice. Heard it in my voice. You saw it in my eyes. I didn't know what happened with the Texans. In fact, I was I was terrified. I was like, oh, maybe the Texans won. And now you have to shuffle again. No. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> when Anand Naduri and I sit down, we have to know who the, the, the three to five worst teams are with definitive certainty. And this, this helps. Like, th- this, this will help. And the Bengals getting crushed. Just getting crushed. Hawkinson delivered. Thank you, Hawkinson. Looks like the knee is getting better. Players can play through injuries, and those injuries can still heal. Even though Hawkinson is playing, because he's only playing once a week and he's barely practicing, during those six other days, the knee is healing. He can play on it, and still it can heal during those six days. So it'll take longer if he's playing on it, but it can still heal. So an injury that could have healed in two weeks, had he not played, might take four to five weeks, but he's had it for a few weeks. So I think we're closing in on... Hawkinson being fully healthy. I think we're one to two weeks away from healthy Hawkinson. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I want Hawkinson healthy. Look what Hawkinson did at less than 100% this week. 11 targets, 74 yards, eight catches. We're loving life. Look at Mixon's back. The all-purpose Mixon's back, 90 yards. But most importantly, the six targets. Higgins, ugh, right? Like, when we were looking at the lines on Underdog, underdogfantasy.com, promo code Underworld, we have a pick'em generator on our DFS Dominator package. And we just tell you the best overs and the best unders based on our projections. Chase is the alpha there. Then it's Higgins and Boyd and Mixon. If Mixon's playing, that's going to pull more targets out of the passing game. And that's actually going to incentivize the team to run more. It all leads to less production for T. Higgins. You got to go under on T. Higgins this week. And just sure enough, 44 yards. Like, loser game show sound. What is next on the list? Oh, no. Another game. There's nothing else to talk about. Well, okay. I will admit that I was about to just pretend... Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't in that game and not talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. You saw what I was going to do. I wanted to talk about St. Brown. I was like, eh, why? Why? Technically, we were wrong about St. Brown. Technically, we liked St. Brown this week and he didn't deliver for fantasy gamers. That is going to happen. But you know what I'm going to say. I am going to say he was the target leader among the wide receivers, right? He had seven targets that we love, right? He had five catches. He wasn't a total dud. I mean, seven and a half fantasy points in PPR isn't great, but it isn't the dud of the duds. I mean, this was a fringe play this week, and he did get the seven targets, so I am encouraged. It was good process, but he didn't turn those targets into a hell of a lot of yards or a touchdown, and that's going to happen week to week with wide receivers. That's just going to happen. So you're not going to get me to feel bad about the St. Brown call. Had he only commanded three targets and didn't get injured, I'd have been feeling a lot more regret. Packers-Bears, ooh, ooh, Lazard. 
Love Lazard as a punt play wide receiver right there with, with St. Brown. Super cheap value play. Chase the targets. Lazard in a starting role. Getting all the snaps. Running all the routes. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He gets, yeah! Three for 27. And a touchdown! Hey! There we go! There we go! Nice, nice. That's close to 13 fantasy points. I'll take it. That's good value. That's more than 3x value. That's a win. That's a win. I can't call St. Brown a win, even though he got the targets. That's still technically a loss. I'm taking the L. I will take the L there. Don't tell you, don't say I'm not taking the L. I'm taking the L on St. Brown this week, but I'm taking the W on Lazard. You got to give me the L. Here's the here's the deal, right? You got to give me the the L on St. Brown. Well, <laughs> you got to give me the W on Lazard and uh, Devontae Adams. This was why we weren't bullish on Adams or Rodgers this week. This whole game environment stunk. We talked about it on the, the starter stream show. You want game environments. You're going to start Ryan Tannehill over Aaron Rodgers this week. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Tannehill has more upside. We have an upside finder on the DFS Dominator package. We have an upside finder. Rodgers was a bad play. In fact, if you go to the underdog pick'em generator, you can see we took the under on the Rodgers pass attempts just because this team wants to run the ball. They ran the ball as much as they passed the ball. Last week, they ran the ball a hell of a lot more than they passed the ball. The only reason why the pass-to-run ratio was 50-50 this week was because they were down double digits. That's the only reason. If they were winning, it would have skewed even more run-heavy. That's why we we cannot get on board Justin Fields until this offense opens up, and the only player really worth playing week in, week out is Khalil Herbert. Aaron Jones scored, plus he gave you the 76 yards. He and Dylan, similar efficiency, but Aaron Jones much more active in the passing game. I was curious to see if Dylan would follow up his sudden activity in the passing game with some more targets this week. He did not, so that's an interesting observation. No targets for Dylan, sadly. Here we go. Here we go. The aforementioned Texans-Colts game. Davis Mills! Oh, Davis Mills. We thought maybe. We thought maybe. Jonathan Taylor week. Big Jonathan Taylor week. 145 yards and two touchdowns. And then in the passing game, another two targets. So he chipped in that extra two and a half points in the passing game. But it wasn't about that. Jonathan Taylor's a super back. He's been the number one running back in Dynasty for a year now. And he's just pulling away. He's pulling away. He and Swift were close for a week or two. But he's just been pulling away, pulling away, pulling away. You want Jonathan Taylor and... Breaking news, Christian McCaffrey is no longer a top five dynasty running back. Mm. Mm. Right? Mm. I can't wait to talk to Nate Liss about this. He's not. He's just not. And now he's out indefinitely slash another three weeks. We don't know. Like, we should have said he was out indefinitely before, but like, no, no, no. He's going to be back before the three-week IR designated to return window because they would have just put him on IR designated to return. And the question all along is, why didn't you just put him on IR designated to return? 
if you knew he was going to miss two weeks anyway, and it was questionable whether he'd miss two or three, just let him miss the full three and make sure he doesn't suffer a setback. How hard is this? Like, how hard is it for teams to just take the cautious approach? And it's not like cautious, like, oh, we got to put this guy in bubble wrap for two months. It's like, no, he misses an extra game because he's not 100% anyway. Like, he wouldn't even have been 100% McCaffrey anyway. And now you cost him another two to three games? Shameful. It's absolutely shameful. Brandon Cooks, once again, 13 targets, feasting on the Tom Savage corollary. Nico Collins, though. Look at Nico Collins. Six targets, 44 yards for Nico Collins. Yeah! It's on! Nico, he's here! He looks the part of a proper X receiver. I would love for them to play Nico Collins at X and move Brandon Cooks over to Z. Cooks is the quintessential Z receiver. He can run the double moves. He takes the bubble screens. He runs the, the fly patterns. He opens up the field for other receivers. He's just a nightmare. He's a nightmare to bracket cover, right? So you you force teams to try to bracket cover Brandon Cooks, and then they have to play just a single cornerback one-on-one straight up against Nico Collins. Then you actually give Nico Collins a chance to be successful as well. He has the big body, so you might as well let him start learning how to win against opposing alpha corners in the NFL now. It's a lost season. Let him go out there and start working on his technique to beat opposing corners that are 6'1", 200-plus pounds with great technique. It's going to take him time to learn that skill. It took Devontae Adams three years. So you might as well let Nico Collins start now. Long touchdown for Paris Campbell. Yeah! Only one target. Boo. Boo this man. Looks like Cable picked up an injury right after scoring a long touchdown. Of course, the most snake-bitten wide receiver in the NFL. And to add insult to literal injury, the Michael Pittman breakout has been paused. This is disappointing. The one truly encouraging fact on this Game log, box score, fact sheet is Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal has finally been marginalized. They're finally over it. He's clearly the number three slash number four. T.Y. Hilton has moved into a starting role in two wide receiver sets. And hopefully they will realize, listen, if Paris Campbell gave you one target, but uh, 51 yards and a touchdown, that was a big game-breaking play. Pascal gave you one target, no yards. Play Campbell over Pascal moving forward, please. I don't want to hear Pascal's name again. I would say he's droppable. He was already droppable. We, we knew that. It's obvious. What game is next? What game is next? Kansas City football team. And this was the most predictable score ever. 31-13. Poor Taylor Henneke. He's turning back into a pumpkin, sadly. I love Taylor Henneke turning back into a pumpkin. Oh, Daryl Darrell Williams did exactly what we predicted he had just 62 yards inefficiently. He gave you the three yards of carry, as predicted, and the two touchdowns, as predicted. An inefficient two-touchdown performance while you could not bench Williams. Oh, this that was just the most, wow, this is the most predictable game with the most predictable performances. Sadly, it looks like Antonio Gibson's shin is not 100%. You, when you see McKissick and Gibson almost with equivalent carry counts, that's bad. 
And then you know McKissick's getting the targets. If he's getting the carries, he's certainly getting the targets, and there you see that. But Ricky Seals-Jones, baby. This was a Ricky Seals-Jones week because McLaurin was not 100%. He didn't practice on Friday, and it was a hamstring injury. You could play these guys with confidence if it's a knee, if it's a shoulder, but if it's one of these soft tissue injuries and it happened the week prior and they did not practice at all, you cannot play McLaurin. We told you to bench McLaurin on the starter stream show for that reason. Either they're not going to play a full complement of snaps, and when they do play, when they are out there, they're not targeted because they're not 100%, and my guess is that McLaurin was having to round off routes. It's just it's harder to get open when you're not 100%. That's Letting him play was irresponsible, just like allowing McCaffrey to try to push his rehab so that he could come back early was irresponsible. Just put these guys on short-term IR. That's why we have it and move on. It's not like Washington's going to be competitive this year. They're 2 and 4. Put him on short-term IR. Now you're risking a Austin Eckler level aggravation of the injury and then Austin Eckler says, "Hey, listen, my hamstring's probably never going to be the same now." Why would you risk that? <laughs> Franchise player. Hill did Hill, and Kelsey did Kelsey. Wow, this is the most predictable outcome you could possibly imagine. McLaurin, 4 for 28, just as predicted. Oh, this is, wow. Set the record for most predictable game I've ever seen. I did not need to pay any attention to the NFL in Week 6, especially that game. <laughs> we already knew exactly what would happen. Whoa! The Chargers got blown out? Fuck happened here? No way. No way. Whoa. What? And Jackson didn't have a good game? Devontae Freeman's the lead back? Oh, man. I guess, wow, there's a three-way committee. There's a three-way dust committee? Am I seeing this right? All three, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, and Latavius Murray split 25 carries evenly? Is that what? And they all scored? Oh my God. This is the worst case scenario for fantasy managers I've ever seen. How are we going to predict what's going to happen in this backfield? I have to say, I don't like to say it. I know it's a cliche. Do we have a cliche alert? Cliche alert! Cliche alert! Cliche alert! Cliche alert! Cliche alert! Cliche alert! <laughs> stay away backfield <laughs> it's a stay away wow unbelievable what hey the return of Rashad Bateman there he is he out targeted Marquise Brown now I did not predict that I predicted it would take time for the true number one receiver for the Ravens to to supplant Marquise Brown on the target hierarchy but no 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 it was his first game back. Oh, baby. This is where we're oh, six targets. First game back. This is starting a trajectory that we are going to ride. We're going to ride this Rashad Bateman wave, man. Hang 10. Poor Mike Williams. Wow. What a what a cratering of a performance for Mike Williams. I said starting with confidence. Whoops. And Jared Cook, right? We keep going back to Jared Cook because we love this Chargers offense. Finally, in the game that 
No one performed? Of course. The one charger, the one charger that gave you anything was Jared Cook because of course it was. And look at this carry distribution. Six to four, Eckler to Josh Kelly. You got to stash Josh Kelly. I'm going to stash him in the Scott Fishbowl. It's clear that he's the number two there. Why it's taken them so long to, to realize this, I've been a Josh Kelly truther ever since meeting him at the Senior Bowl. He had a phenomenal profile at UCLA, super productive, and he was athletic coming out. Just bizarre that a guy that worked his way up from junior college and was one of the most productive running back prospects in the draft last year flashes athleticism we didn't know he had at the combine and then they bury him behind Larry Roundtree to start the season that was just an awful bit of self-scouting but six weeks later Roundtree's inactive and Kelly is trending toward an even carry distribution with Eckler that's interesting so that's an interesting takeaway I would rather invest in a Joshua Kelly right now than any of these Ravens running backs if it's going to be one of these pukey three-headed dust monsters absolutely not absolutely not i'm not having any part of it stay away backfield as we already dropped the cliche for joshua kelly though that's exciting that's i've never been that excited about a seven yard performance rams crushed the giants as predicted wow what a week what a week to skip like i didn't even have to watch who needed to watch who cares you knew it was gonna happen it was obvious. Wow. We, John Wolford gets gets some snaps. Woo. Four touchdowns from Matthew Stafford. Just just pretty. And Darrell Henderson, pretty, right? You get the four touchdowns from Stafford. Great. Cup, nuclear, great. Higby, five for five for 36. He was actually reasonably productive because the Scott Fishbowl is tight end super premium. Henderson gives you the two touchdowns. Woods gave you the touchdown, the bailout touchdown for Woods. Henderson was tied with Nick Chubb in fantasy points per game heading into the week, said he was one of the signature trade targets in fantasy football, and then sure enough, there he goes. Any Sony Michelle? Nine carries for Sony Michelle. So if Henderson is going to be getting 60% of the carries at least, and then all the running back targets, as he was, three targets in a blowout, in more competitive games... Henderson's looking at five to six targets. So th this is this is what an RB1 looks like. Henderson and James Robinson are producing at a similar level in very different circumstances. And it's a proof point for why the quality of the team is not nearly as important as most fantasy analysts would lead you to believe. James Robinson is just going to catch more passes and score fewer touchdowns. Darrell Henderson's going to score more touchdowns and catch fewer passes, and it's all going to come out in the wash. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What game is next? Oh, this looks fun. This looks fun. Vikings, Panthers. Darnold was Darnold. Mmm, look at Darnold being Darnold. Oh, Darnold doing his Darnold. Darnold's doing his Darnold best to be Darnold again. It turns out that maybe... Maybe what we saw from Darnold early in the season was an aberration because, I don't know, he was leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Maybe he was the ultimate sell-high candidate. I traded him. I told you all to trade him. I had him in a couple dynasty leagues. He's gone. 
anyone that had him in seasonal leagues, especially two quarterback and super flex, begging them, trade him, please. This was a pumpkin moment. He turned back into a pumpkin at midnight. Poor Cinderella Sam. That's it. That's his name. Cinderella Sam. Cinderella Sam Darnold. That's the name of the show. We'll see you later, buddy. And then Hubbard, though. Hubbard. Critical. Critical that Hubbard did not get the targets. Chuba Hubbard was never known as this slick receiver at Oklahoma State. He had a game with a, a hefty target share. We thought, oh, oh, maybe this just the system. They target running backs in the system. Or maybe it was just a random checkdown game. And sure enough, Hubbard only three targets, one catch. That's bad news. That's bad news. And 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 anyone in here still hanging on to Terrace Marshall? Anyone who drafted Terrace Marshall still hanging on? Robbie Anderson, by the way, the 1.0 yards per target, 11 targets, 11 yards. He got you the bailout touchdown. I mean, talk about Robert Woods with a bailout touchdown. Robbie Anderson with the bailout. I mean, that's the bailout of the bailout touchdowns. But the 1.0 yards per target, that, that, that's special. How the hell did uh, the Carolina Panthers score 28 points? I have no idea. Maybe on, maybe defense? How did they do that? How'd they score? Who knows? Let's take a look. It looks like, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like a bunch of field goals. Oh, it looked like a game where there were four touchdowns scored, but it's actually a bunch of field goals. A bunch of Zane Gonzalez field goals. I was like, look at it. Where are the other touchdowns? Yeah, it wasn't a, you know, there was a two-point conversion in there with a bunch of field goals. I get it. I get it. I was like, oh, man, Carolina defense. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Dalvin Cook's back. Practiced in full. You knew this was a Dalvin Cook week. 140 and a touch, of course. Phelan's back. Yay! But look, Justin Jefferson. This is why Justin Jefferson's the number one wide receiver in Dynasty. He gets you 16 fantasy points no matter what. He gets you there with touchdowns. He gets you there with big yardage. Or he gets you there with just volume. 14 targets. Oh, my God. And Conklin getting down the field. Three for 70. Oh, you love Conklin showing that explosiveness. Osborne's back. Osborne's back. I was debating with Mike Randall. We have a dynasty team together. Debating, do we do we keep Osborne or not? I didn't hear from him, so we just decided to keep him. Sure enough, boom. The faith in Osborne, just or Mike's laziness, one or the other, just <laughs> allowed us to hold on. Thank God. Osborne's back. I love Osborne. Fun profile. He's explosive. He's got that that low center of gravity, that BMI, just the perfect slot flanker, number three receiver in the NFL. Happy for him. But the big takeaway here is Chuba Hubbard, not necessarily a bell cow back, looking more like one of these explosive slashers. He could be more Tevin Coleman than Christian McCaffrey. And I think that's just how he profiled all along. The Cardinals crushed the Browns? Oh, my God. <laughs> and Keenum played? Oh, no, Browns. Oh. Kareem Hunt injured. That's terrible news. That's, oh, I hate to see that. Another James Conner game. Here's the problem. Here's my problem with poor Chase Edmonds. Every game is a James Conner game. If they're going to blow out even the Browns by 20, when are we ever going to get an Edmonds game? The whole thesis behind going and getting Chase Edmonds is we're about to see some Chase Edmonds weeks. We've been seeing a bunch of James Conner games. They've been facing 
all these out-of-conference Jacksonville Jaguar-level matchups. They're soon to face the Browns and other NFC West competitors. It doesn't matter. It doesn't much matter. Oh, Edmonds, Dud, Gross, buy low, buy low, buy low. This is called conviction. Six weeks in, buy low. You're not getting me off Chase Edmonds. Not not with this continued activity in the passing game where he was among the target leaders once again. He had the same number of targets as Rondale Moore and DeAndre Hopkins. And it also shows why you just have to keep playing number two, number three receivers in prolific offenses. They're very volatile. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, they're going to give you duds and they're going to give you boom and you just got to keep playing them. Peoples-Jones. Peoples-Jones breakout. Yes. Yes. It happened. It finally happened. He finally, finally, after all this time, out-targeted Rashard Higgins. And David Njoku had six yards. David Njoku gives you 150 yards or six. What? What a schizophrenic offense this is. But I'm a Peoples-Jones believer because I'm an athleticism connoisseur. Oh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's been... Climbing up the dynasty rankings slowly, incrementally, like we're just watching the snaps and the routes going, okay, this guy is a 99th percentile burst score, 145.2 burst score on playerprofiler.com with the size, 6'2", 212. He just didn't produce in college because it was Jim Harbaugh, like we were excusing it away. In fact, there's a video on his player profiler player page called Donovan Peoples-Jones College Career Fart right? And you're like, this guy's been getting a 60% snap share. He's been running routes 67% of the time. Let's go, right? Now he hasn't produced it all, right? He maxed out at 12 fantasy points on 82 air yards last week. So we were encouraged by it. We bumped him up the dynasty rankings last week after seeing all these advanced metrics on him. But now, now we finally have the actual production in the books. We have the hundred yard game. We have the multiple. Oh, this is Two touchdowns. Yes. Yes. Oh, now I'm feeling good. That was not predictable. That was not predictable. This is why we do this. That's why I do top 10 takeaways. We don't know what's going to be predictable. Patriots made it a game. Patriots were competitive. Let's look at Mac Jones. Nice. Nice, efficient Mac Jones performance. 229 passing yards on just 21 attempts. You love that. Damian Harris, the workhorse. Don't love Ramadre Stevenson getting in there, but you love Damian Harris going over 100 yards, getting the touchdown. And Jacoby Myers, another six-target game. No touchdowns, no touchdowns. Again, keeps that streak alive. Hunter Henry with the touchdown. That's what they do. In the red zone, the Patriots are fixated on getting the ball to their tight ends. That's their shtick. Get-right game for CeeDee Lamb, and Dalton Schultz continues to be a top-five fantasy tight end. And Elliott with nine targets. Wow, Elliott. He gets there no matter what. He gets there no matter what. Gives you the 20 fantasy points on just 70 rushing yards and no touchdowns. That's why Elliott was such a strong bet in the first round of fantasy leagues. Wow. Nice job. Nice job by Ezekiel Elliott. Just manufacture. He's going to get you 20 fantasy points somehow, some way. If he's not facing the Buccaneers, he's going to get you 20 fantasy points. This was an Ezekiel Elliott year. This was the year to get Elliott. Elliott and Jonathan Taylor in the second round. RBRB. Boom, boom. Raiders, Broncos. Right? Raiders, Broncos. What? Raiders won. New coach. 
wow, so it turns out John Gruden wasn't even a good coach. We thought, okay, John Gruden's the problem in the front office, but at least he's a good coach. Turns out, no. Turns out he was giving them the bare minimum with the play calling that they just beat the Denver Broncos in mile high. Wow. I knew about the. I spied on this Drake game. I, I couldn't believe that Drake actually produced because I checked my Scott Fishbowl box score and he was on the bench and I was like, wait, Drake had a game? Of course, the new coaches, they, they, they don't hate Drake. Of course, of course. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon just straight down the middle. 11 carries, 10 carries. 53 yards, 50 yards. Javante Williams is just young Melvin Gordon. This is a problem. This, see, this is a problem. And Melvin Gordon, three targets. Javante Williams, three targets. I mean, that was the ultimate Spider-Man meme backfield, right? And then look, look at Cortland Sutton, 14 targets. So he's giving you the targets. Tim Patrick bailing you out with the touchdown. Very, very Robert Woods of Tim Patrick. Not Robbie Anderson, but very Robert Woods of Tim Patrick. But Sutton establishing dominance. The number two receiver is absolutely Noah Fant. Nine for 97. Wow, right? That's why we chase athleticism and draft capital among tight ends. Didn't work with Njoku and OJ Howard, but it's been working with uh, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant, both from Iowa. Henry Ruggs going boom. Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs were the two receiving leaders for the Raiders. That's encouraging. Edwards, an outside alpha, giving you that two for 67. That's what he does. You don't give him the targets, no problem. He'll give you the yardage no matter what. Breakout coming for Brian Edwards. This is a buy low. If I could somehow acquire both Chase Edmonds and Brian, they're the ultimate buy lows. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right back to it. We're going to go right back on all social channels, TikTok. I'm going to go right back to it. Edmonds and now Edwards because the schedule is finally going to start loosening up. For Edwards and also Waller's a buy low. Waller's a screaming buy low. Oh my God. Oh, here we go. Off we go. The Raiders. Ho ho. This is encouraging. Wow, the witch is dead. The Gruden witch is dead in Las Vegas. Steelers won. Damn it. Oh, canceled the decision point this week. The Steelers won. I don't want, I don't like to do decision points unless the Steelers lose. We only do decision point shows when the Steelers lose. DJ Dallas, oh, no DJ Dallas breakout. Keep him stash. He did get the five targets. Five, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. DJ Dallas gave you exactly 10 fantasy. How did he gave you exactly 10 fantasy points? That was technically usable. 10 is usable. It's barely usable, but usable. DJ Dallas, standalone value. He's going to be near the top of our waiver wire. Fab bidding guidance, absolutely. Five for five. That's really encouraging. Travis Homer, only one target. Only 10 fantasy points, Podfather. Only 17 rushing yards. Boo, DJ Dallas. But I'm thinking, no. I'm thinking the most important ratio is Dallas, five targets. Homer, one. That's a big deal. Ooh, a little Pat Fryermuth breakout. And Deontay Johnson gave you... He realized the 20 fantasy points were like, targets are the most important component of upside. That's why Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen have higher upside ratings on our upside finder than you might think. Oh, these are possession receivers. Fuck that. They're just target hogs that can go out and get you 20 fantasy points in all different ways and also can go for 30 plus fantasy points with huge volume. Disappointing day for Chase Claypool. Seven targets, good, but only two catches. This is going to happen. 
Ben Roethlisberger's arm is about to just fall, crack and fall off like one of those Greek statues that's been weathered. He's a weathered Greek statue. The arm is just, it's about to fall off. And I think this is just one of those Roethlisberger arm about to fall off weeks. Harris gives you 24 carries and he can't get the ball out to Claypool. And it's just everything is in the middle of the field. It's Johnson, Fryermuth, Harris. Makes sense. Makes sense. But maybe next week, the older quarterbacks, except Brady, because he doesn't count. He's a different person. He's not our species. It's 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 how they feel in the morning, whether their their arm can actually push the ball to the boundary or not. And we're seeing the Tom Savage corollary in action where Metcalf gets the targets. He gets you 10-plus fantasy points. But the number two receiver with the backup quarterback getting punished, lock it, two for 35. Eh. We advise benching him on the starter stream show just to see. Like, there's no reason why you can't wait and see. T.Y. Hilton, Rashad Bateman, wait and see. See how they're used. With T.Y. Hilton, we hoped that he would be thrust into a starting role. He was, but we weren't sure. With Rashad Bateman, we sure as hell weren't sure how he would be used after missing the entire season, plus a big portion of preseason, after undergoing surgery on his abdomen. Sure enough, boom, he comes back. He's the target leader among wide receivers. Great news. With Tyler Lockett, how will Geno Smith play with a full week to prepare for both he and the defense? Will he be your typical backup quarterback zeroing in on Metcalf? He didn't. The targets were even, but he just wasn't very good. So what are you going to do? This is the problem. This is why when there's a seismic shift in the offense, especially when you lose an elite quarterback with the number two receivers, with the, with the running backs, you wait and see, right? Alex Collins was not a strong start. He gave you the 100 yards and a touchdown against Pittsburgh. Congratulations if you started him. <laughs> we did not see that coming. And lock it, right? Just bench these guys, wait and see, see how it goes. Sure enough, lock it, dud. And, uh, oh, by the way, the Buccaneers played the Eagles on Thursday night football. And uh, Ronald Jones sucked again. And Leonard Fournette was awesome again. And will let my daughter play us out. She knows this meme very well. You're not even a Ronald Jones, dude. And just remember that anyone, anyone at any time that was touting Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette is really bad at this and doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Jones, dude. And Keenum played?